bit. So I talk about the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. All of that needs to have its own form of fulfillment before we can wake up and say, gosh, you know, life is tough, but it's also joyful. Welcome to She Speaks How She Does It, a podcast about inspiring women to speak up and be heard. I'm your host, Aliza Freud, the founder and CEO of She Speaks. Each week, we give an amazing woman the platform to share their knowledge and advice on a topic impacting women while sharing insights from our community of quarter of a million women. Listen in each week to be inspired to speak up and be heard. Welcome back. Hope you're all having a great week so far. So today's episode is a topic that we get lots of requests to discuss. Uh, It's one that we've covered before, but we're going to cover it in a little bit of a new way today. It's a very important one, and that is the topic of happiness. How do you know if you're happy? How can you find happiness? And uh, what does that all look like? Today's guest is Alice Inoue. She is an award-winning author. She's written eight books about self-growth and happiness. She also has an amazing community called Happiness You, and she talks more about that, all of that on the show today. And one of the things we talked about was finding purpose and how important that is as part of happiness. And you'll want to have a pen and paper with you so you can jot down uh, some of the questions that she says that if you're looking to find the purpose in your life, she has a few questions that you should ask yourself, and it helps you to define and really understand your purpose. So with that, I'm going to let uh, you hear this conversation. I hope you get as much value from it as I did. And we're going to jump right into it. Here we go. Alice, welcome to the show. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much. Well, this is a topic, the to- what you cover, your area of expertise, what you spend a lot of time thinking about is one that I know I think about. I know that a lot of our listeners think about it. And that is the topic of happiness. So (laughs) here's my first question. Is happiness important? Like, is that the thing? Is that the thing? Like, should we be striving for happiness? In question, I think that what we're striving for is to be fulfilled. And in that fulfillment, we actually find happiness. And I think that I think that the majority of people, when they think about happiness, they think that it's something that we're searching for, that it's something that it's out there and I got to find it. Is it a person? Is it money? Is it a job? Is it a title? But really, um, I don't know how to emphasize it enough other than happiness is a journey, a journey of of, of, of sort of self-awareness and self-fulfillment and knowing who we are. I think that really is part of it. I think we subordinate to outside influences so much as we're growing up that we kind of forget what is our own individual spark and what that spark is. And I think it's that search for that spark that makes life fulfilling because you're doing something for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's such a vague concept, happiness, but yet from what I've learned and understood and experienced, it's something that we can create within ourselves. Nothing is out there. It's all within us. It's just that we're looking in the wrong place. It's the journey concept, I think, is so important to this I, and, 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 and how that intersects with happiness yeah. that I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about what, happiness as a feeling, right? Because mm-hmm. you might overall, we might overall be happy, 
right. or let's say, but we don't mm -hmm. always feel happy. We're not feeling happy every minute of every day. So can you talk a little bit about what, like, what does it mean to be happy? Yeah, you know, it's such a great, it's such a great question. And it's really uh, wonderful to have you ask me so I can define it here in the moment. <laughs> so the feeling, it, I think what it is, is to accept that we have feelings and they will be a range of emotions. And in any given day, we can go from having something happen that triggers a feeling of happiness, like whatever that is. And we could also have something in our lives trigger a feeling of not so joyful. So I think the key is really the acceptance of all that is. Like life is a range of experiences. Life is a, a, a plethora of feelings. And if we if we center on, it sounds, people feel like it's selfish, but if we center on ourself, even if we have children and jobs and demands and everything, that tends to start to create the seed that's necessary to, to generate more more feelings. And again, I come from the understanding that our thoughts, whatever we think about, we bring about. So if we are looking at a situation in a negative way, it will bring about a negative feeling. But in any situation, there's an upside and a downside. There's good and bad and challenge and support. And there's never going to be one without the other. So the choice or the awareness or no, of knowing that no matter what happens, we have a choice. And that's what we do have control over. Don't have control over life. We don't have control over all the crazy things going on. We have control over our perspective. And to me, that is the key. It starts with our thoughts. And that feeling of happiness comes from our thoughts that in every situation that happens, good or bad, challenging or supportive, there is a gain from the pain. And so it's that practice of looking at it. And it's not a blind thing where you're like, oh, yay, uh, somebody just stole $20 million from me. I'm so happy. It's not a fleeting thing. It's it's a practice thing. And over time, to me, it just kind of sustains and you're just kind of, well, this is life and life is both good and bad. And if I understand that, I am happy. I feel yeah. good about life. So it's realistic to me. Well, and I love the fact that you brought up this point about training ourselves if I, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the way I interpreted what mm -hmm. some of what you were mm -hmm. saying is we have the ability to to influence how we think about things, right? That we do have, we can't change anyone else, but we can have, we do have the ability to influence how we think about things. And that maybe one part of happiness is this, this idea that if we can train ourselves to view something in a way that is, is more looking towards the productive, I don't want to say positive or negative, but productive path forward. Yeah. That is, it, that is a key to, yeah. to having happiness in your life. Yeah. And I think it's easy. Uh, we, we believe every thought that comes in our head, but every uh, we're, we're as you've, I'm sure you've had multiple guests. You know this. We all know this. We're negative by nature. We're going to go negative uh, to everything because we're defensive. So because of that, we 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 sort of we habituate towards looking at things from as the side that doesn't really serve us to feel good. So we we're lazy, and what I mean by that is that we a thought comes in our head like that sucks, and then we just believe that thought. And then when we believe that thought, more thoughts around how that sucks starts coming into play. And then all of a sudden we, we create a reality where the situation is not good. What we don't understand oftentimes is that we 
we're not in control of anyone else, like you said, but we're in control of our, we're in control of three things in our life, our perspective, our thoughts, and our behaviors. Mm-hmm. And I should say that when we recognize that our power lies within our ability to question our thoughts by looking for another perspective, mm-hmm. we start to flow into a different state of balance. So happiness is not positive. Happiness is both positive and not so positive. And the more we can see the positive and the not so the positive, the more balanced we are, the more reality, more in reality we live. So it's not that hard because we have control. That's the biggest message that I like to give to people, that you're not a victim. You can choose whatever you want to do, but we get habituated and uh, we get sidetracked by our monkey mind. I, and I'm I'm so glad you're bringing some of this up because I think too that the thinking about the mind and yeah. for all that we know about the human body, there's mm-hmm. so much we don't know about our brains, right? Yeah. There's there's still so much we don't know, yes. but I believe that we can mm-hmm. rewire our brains to yeah. think in a more productive way, Absolutely. and it takes it takes work. It takes, mm-hmm. it takes work and it takes, um, a, um, you know, building a habit to do it, but have you seen that? And you have this, this amazing community, happiness, you and what you do there, but have you seen this as a practice within the community that is effective? I think most people aren't aware. Like sometimes we just go through life and we just go through life in the way we go through life. We meet the people we meet and we're in these situations and life is hard and we're never really taught. Uh, how to live life. I, and that's really one of the reasons I opened Happiness Shoe was because I felt like everything we learned in school was to get us successful in career and job and all that left brain stuff. But nobody teaches us how to deal with irritating relationships, how to find meaning and fulfillment, how to just be conscious and aware that you are a creator of your life. And this is not some metaphysical esoteric concept. This is making becoming aware that you can start from within uh to shift some of the the patterns that you're 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 you've been sort of um kind of like habituated in to to change your life so it's not like waiting for a good opportunity you are the opportunity uh we we forget that and yes i have seen change and biggest one is in myself people will say wow you you must have uh, been born to happy parents and been a little happy child and grew up so happy that you wanted to open happiness you and share happiness with the world. When in fact, the opposite is true. I was born to very challenging, to a very challenging family. I, I thought, poor me, poor me, poor me. And I cried. I was 40 pounds heavier at emotional eating disorders. I was just a big fat mess in, in many ways. And I was looking for for someone to make my life better until step by step, I realized this long before the science came out. So I started to kind of seek and find and just I've noticed over the last well, when I first kind of did on this journey, took me about 20 years before I realized like, wow, I actually have control over my life. Mm -hmm. And then when the science came out of of changing your 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 thoughts and changing your beliefs and that leads to a better life then i then i could open happiness shoe because i had some scientific backing to all of this and yes we practice it and uh it's just amazing what happens when you start to own your life so let's talk about the first thing that i think people really struggle with when it comes to this which is how do you know 
if you're happy or not? It's funny. That question gets asked a lot. I think, I think it's a, how do you know? I think when you wake up and you are, you accept the day as it is mm. and you're not dreading the day. Cause I don't think intrinsically nobody wakes up and says, I want to do less, be what less. I want to have a failure and a, and a negative day. I think intrinsically we, we are wired to, to fulfill our highest desires in life. So if you're not feeling like you're waking up and, and it's a struggle to find that, then it's just a mental exercise. I, I think about this. When people say, oh, I am not healthy. I am either, uh, maybe I, I'm not healthy. I want to start eating healthier and exercise because I want to become more fit. You don't just eat a salad and go to a yoga class and man, magically your, your, your body is where you want it. You take that time to exercise maybe three times a week, maybe whatever. It's the same thing with our mind. We, we don't exercise our mind. And that's like the, the, biggest, um, the biggest way to bring our four bodies into balance. So I talk about the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. All of that needs to have its own form of fulfillment before we can wake up and say, gosh, you know, life is tough, but it's also joyful. Life is challenging, but I have so many moments of happiness. And to me, happiness is balance. It's not an elated feeling of flying through the the, 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 the daffodils. It's just yes. feeling grounded, centered, present, not holding on to the past, not worried about the future. And, oh, my God, what if this happens? It's trusting that no matter what happens, we'll handle it. You've handled it up until this point. Why wouldn't you handle it in the future? It's being present in life. So it's, it's, it's I don't know if it's a feeling uh, more than it's just a knowing that this mm -hmm. is Exactly the way it is for me in my life in my current incarnation. Yeah, and I'm that idea mm -hmm. of happiness is not like feeling like you're you're flying yeah. in the air, and that notion I think is hard for people because that is what we seem to be taught as young as, when we're younger. That you know that happiness is when you feel really happy, you feel great, you feel like you know you can do anything. And I, uh, it's one of the things that I think I have seen over time mm -hmm. that happiness has a lot more to do with personal satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. you are looking at your life and you think, okay. I, you know, I, I have their great days and there are maybe days that aren't as good, but overall I'm moving for, you know, in, for myself in a direction that feels like it's growth and, and no, and, and that's probably a personalized thing for each person. What is, what is that feel like for you? What is important to you? You know, and, and some people, you know, have different things. Obviously everyone's got different things that motivates them, but is the trick, and this is a, a question, is the trick figuring out first what motivates you? What is what is going to make you feel like you are satisfied and, you know, and satisfied in a positive way, not just like, oh, I'm not unhappy, I'm not happy, I'm just, I mean, satisfied. Mm -hmm. Is it first figuring out what's at it, like what that is, what's my purpose? What am I, what am I, what do I want to work to be as a human being? And then, and then being in pursuit of that. 
Yeah, I think I think there's multiple ways. I feel like it's the reason why we're so off path is we don't know ourselves. I think that we like to get to know other people. And what if I just meet you for the first time and I feel a connection with you, I want to ask you, what do you like? What do you do? What may, you know, what, what are the things? But we've gotten so far away from ourselves that we actually forget what is our jam. Like, what is it that we need because we're busy fulfilling other people's needs or not wanting to look bad? And so we've sort of centered on other things. So I would say, what is that first step? It's like centering on yourself and it's not so much the blaming and complaining, like there's not enough time, I'm so overwhelmed, there's so much to do. It's a little bit more like, what do I need? And mm -hmm. if we give ourselves that space, just a little bit of space, however you want to create that, people say, I can't, you don't understand my life, I've got a million things, there's no way. But if you extinguish and you, and you evaporate, everyone else will move on in some way, shape or form. So where will you be in five or 10 years if you don't figure out what it is that you need? So the first step for me is always, is when you ask that question, what makes me happy? Sometimes we're so far away from that. Nobody even knows how to, how to, how to articulate that. It's not a trip to the Bahamas or Hawaii where I live. It's, it's more than that. And what it really is, is knowing ourself. Because once I know who I am, I'll have the answers. All the answers are within me. They're not out there. We're looking for random things to fulfill the gap. But once, and, and knowing yourself sounds so, so out there. But just think about somebody you know really well. You want to know where they're at, what they're doing. When's the last time you did that for yourself? All you got to do is sit with yourself and the answers will start to come. Not right away if you've been ignoring it for a long time, because that little, that person that you are that knows what it needs and what it wants and why you're doing, why you're subordinating all of those things has not been asked for a long, long time. So you could sit there and go, okay, well, what if I meditate for five minutes and sit with myself and ask myself the question? Well, if you've ignored yourself for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, that person is going to be so remote. You've got to sit with yourself for a while before that person starts to come out and give you an inkling of what you need. So I don't think it's a, like you said, it's not a one size fits all. It's like you need to get to know yourself and you are mm -hmm. unlike anyone else. And you may feel there's too many complexities in your life to really give up anything so you can be happy. But I'll tell you, once you know yourself, you will move heaven and earth to mm. start to create value in your life. And when you create value, everyone around you feels it. But people mm. will resist you in the beginning because they want you to be who you've always been to them. Mm. How? So let's say someone's struggling to figure yeah. out what their purpose is. They haven't mm -hmm. figured it out yet. They're not mm -hmm. sure. Right. How do we figure out, are there steps that somebody can take to figure out what their purpose is and how they will find fulfillment? I will, in, in, in two minutes, I will give you my whole entire life purpose class. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm I, I my pen ready. So this is simple. We are looking for some purpose out there. Is it to feed the hungry? Is it to heal the animals? We're looking for this one big purpose. You have one name, one identity, but look at the tree. There are a spectrum of different types of everything. So I came up with this understanding about 10 years ago that purpose is not out there. It's within. If we don't start looking for where you are living a purpose right now, you will never Find your purpose because you are living a purpose here. So these are the four questions that all you have to do is ask yourself these, these questions. Number one, where 
am I, where do I play the role of a mother and where do I play the role of a father? In other words, where do I nurture and where do I provide structure? So it's not, you don't have to have children. Where am I nurturing others and where am I holding structure? Number two, um, where, where are you a teacher and where are you a student? Every day you're teaching someone something. Every day you're learning something. So that's a purpose. Uh, where do you, where do you, where are you a connector or an ambassador or a cross pollinator? Where do you say, hey, I'll go get your hair done there, and they meet the hairdresser, and the hairdresser leads them to the best psychologist and the best, and then all of a sudden you meet your life partner. So connector, you are connecting people on a day to day basis. So where do you cross pollinate? Take an idea from one group that you're involved with and bring it to another group and cross. That's a purpose. Where do you share love and where do you receive love? That's a purpose. So that's four questions. Oh, and the fifth one, where do you, where do you take something that you have reconciled from the past and use it now to help others? You went through a challenge, you were abused, raped, you went through a death, whatever it is. Now you go and you help someone else. That's a purpose. So in order to find your life purpose, you have to recognize you are already living a purpose. Maybe it's not to the extent you want. Maybe it's not in the big grandeur that you think it is, but you have to start with what you have, start with what you know, and let that grow. And that's where we begin to find our purpose, to affirm that we do have purpose. We are living purpose. It's not out there. You're doing it already. And I think that's the big thing. We always see these things like find your purpose. You don't have to find it. You're living it. We just have to acknowledge it. So that's, that's kind of what I come up with. Wow. Okay. Well, I wrote, I wrote a lot of notes. I hope the people listening will pause and write down some notes um, because there was some great uh, light bulbs went off for me for sure. When you were mentioning those things, I want to ask you about something you talk about, which is emotional clutter. Mm. Um, What impact does emotional, well, what is emotional clutter? What impact does it have on us and what can Mm -hmm. we do to declutter? Yeah, you know, as I said earlier, we have I I under I kind of break it down to physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I like to talk about these four buckets of energy and these four areas of our life that all have to come together to feel really fulfilled. So we talk about the emotional body. This is our feelings. This is a, this is our angers, our resentments, our regrets, and all of these these emotional things. So emotional clutter to me is where. We haven't really reconciled the past to be living in the present. Does that make sense? Like you, you, you took my boyfriend away long ago. And so I have that, you know, you, you did this, you did that, or, oh, you hurt me or all the things that happened, not recognizing that that's part of who, <laughs> what, what made you get to where you are today. Um, but emotional clutter is when we're hanging on to a bunch of stuff, not recognizing the value of us going through that experience. So Emotional clutter, it, 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 re, it resides in our body and it gets triggered a lot and it literally holds us back from living in the present and creating our, our life. So how do we get rid of it? It's really to kind of, number one, it's just like when you're clearing out your closet, um, how good it feels to donate things and to let things go because it releases energy back to us. So the same way with emotional clutter, if you sit down and you say, who in my life am I resenting? Uh, who in my life am I feeling? Uh, there's still there's drag in my mind about them because I haven't processed it. Anything you've processed is neutral. It's mm-hmm. it's you're present with it. You're not hanging on to it. So you would have to just go back and ask you 
what did I get from it? Not this is the this is happiness use number one guiding principle. Nothing happens to me, everything happens for me. So you mm. ask yourself, how did my friend not pay back and taking my boyfriend or whatever, how did that happen for me? Versus like, she did that to me, you did that to me, you did that to me. And so I could say, well, it helped me draw stronger boundaries around loaning money. It helped me be more discerning in the future. And so when we can marry the, the perceived negative and add the positive to neutralize it, then we, we're present. So emotional clutter literally holds us back because we are afraid to live life because we don't want things like that to happen again in the future. So yeah. that's what I, when I think about emotional clutter, I, I um, worked in the industry of feng shui and um, space, space energy of space and all of that for a long time. And so understanding what clutter does for us physically and how that really did help me understand emotional clutter as well. And mental clutter in the same way. You're anxious and worried, anxiety and worried to me live in the mental body. And you're not trusting life as it is. So we create all of this like, like messiness in our four bodies and we're not even enjoying life. And then 10 years later, you go, where did the 10 years go? You don't even remember because you're living in the past or worrying about the future. So <clears throat> we want to live life in a present way so we can experience life. I that I love that. I mean, there is so much insight there. This idea that nothing happens to me, everything happens for me yeah. is it's it's a it goes back to what we started talking about. And it's yeah. how you think about things. Yeah. It's it, it we can train ourselves to think differently. And and we can do this, I'm gonna say just from my own experience, we can do this. Not when we're 25 years old, we can do it later than that. It's, it's not, you're never too old, right? To start training yourself and to, 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 to think about things differently and to develop habits, positive, like good habits. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 58 currently. I started this journey when I was 38. So, and up until 38, I had no clue of what happiness was, purpose, consciousness. And I, I had no idea. So to me, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter how old you are. And I have had uh, people in our community, gosh, they, they could be in their 60s, 70s joining us and, and, and completely overhaul their life. It's really amazing to watch that you don't need outside help. I mean, seriously, all you need is a desire to own your life, to own your choices, to say, instead of saying, I can't change. I've always been like that. That's just the way I am. Then we, we block ourselves from, from things. So I think it's an awareness. It's just, it yeah. literally starts with an awareness. Yeah. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because, you know, this is uh, just a small example that, you know, I, I was somebody for many, many years who could not exercise on any routine basis. Mm -hmm. Like I just wasn't something I could do. And I thought, okay, that's just me. I can't exercise on a routine basis. Mm -hmm. Well, a year ago, a little over a year ago, I said, you know what, let me try something different. Let me try to push my thinking on that idea about myself and see if I can change it. And it is absolutely something I have been able to change. And now I think to myself, oh, I'm an exerciser. But for the for the rest of for the many years before that, I never would have thought of myself as that way. And I yeah. think it's it's a small example, but one one thing that's interesting about that too is once I have found that once you gain 
that knowledge, that understanding that you can change yourself and how you, how you think about yourself. You can push up against those, those stories you tell yourself. You can do it in other areas of your life. Right. Yes, it is so true. And I think we're stubborn. Sometimes we're habituated to think a certain way and it's, it's so crazy how adaptable we are. And it, it's all based on our values. If you value something enough, you will do it. Mm. And you'll do it. And people go, oh, but I value health. I value health. But you actually, if you can't get yourself up in, into a healthy living, then what you do is you actually value the, mm. the, the, the good laziness brings you. You actually value the taste of the potato chips on your mouth a lot more than you value good health. Uh, it's it's all a, a values game. So once you change your values, you change how you operate. So, and our values change all the time. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. We have to know ourselves, to know where we're at. We have to sit with ourselves, just like we would sit with a friend and say, catch me up. Where are you these days? How are you feeling about stuff? Do you do that with yourself? That is you have to update yourself regularly on yourself. Otherwise, you're going to be living a life that is reminiscent of your past self and you're in a present life and you're stuck in the past and you're not moving on. So it's mm. so valuable to have these conversations. And I, I, I love that you, you are doing your, this amazing podcast to share with, with, with women. We have one life to live. We have one life to live. How old are you now? 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. And then what? Where, where are you? And are you living? I think right. that's really, are you living? Or are you just surviving? Yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you um, as a, a question that comes up a lot for us yeah. with um, our community of women who we, um, we talk to uh, day in and day out and the people who listen to this show, this notion um, of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it. Um, as well. It is something that I think most women understand. It's important that it's important for me to understand what's going on with myself and to be self-aware. But I think it's also something that a lot of women struggle with. Do you have any advice or a practice that you can recommend for women to help them get in touch with what's going on with them, to be more self-aware? Hmm. I think it, it all starts with the desire. Mm-hmm. to be more self-aware. Mm-hmm. If someone would have told me this when I was in my mid-30s, I would be like, what is aware? I have no idea. I'm aware. I'm awake. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my life. Like, what do you mean aware? Like, I think you can't get there unless you, you, you start to feel a discomfort with something. So I feel it's almost like you're, you're like a seed, right? You water the seed, you water the seed, and there's nothing happening. And at one point, it just sort of says, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break open. I think it's starting by nurturing yourself. And mm-hmm. it's don't have to have any pressure other than what do I need? What do I want? Versus mm-hmm. I never get what I want. Everybody's asking me for something. Everybody wants a piece of me. We have to change a bit of our focus in order to even start that journey towards mm-hmm. awareness. It just needs to be a change in focus. So I guess my um, my one sentence answer to that, how do we become aware? I think it's to be uh, open to that there is such a thing if you have no idea what we're talking about. Because if you have a, if you're already aware, you you know what we're talking about, then you move into acceptance and 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 acknowledging where you're purposeful. But if you're just in the masses living this like sort of habituated life, you're not gonna even know what that means. Aware. What is that? <laughs> you know? How does community help with um, coming 
coming in, getting yourself to a place of happiness and fulfillment? So we have a really great community. So in Hawaii, there's something, there's a word called hui, H-U-I, and it simply means a gathering of people. And I thought it was kind of cool. So once a pandemic ended, we, we, we closed our, in, we used to have an in-person space where we'd all gather on the weekends and we'd have classes and teachers and we'd all be on this growth journey, but that all changed. So then we went online and it's called the Happiness You Hui. And it's just a group of individuals. And why it is helpful is because we live in lives where the people that surround us might not fully understand us and might judge us. And whenever there's judgment on what we're doing or not doing, we shut down. So we're not as open with the people in our lives. We, we, we decide who to tell what to. We sort of play games. And if I say this to my husband, he might feel that. Or my kids might think this. So, Or my best friend is sort of subtly jealous of me. So she might guide me wrong. So there's always agendas with your regular uh, people. But in a community that is built on acceptance, uh, we are super supportive and sharing of things that are maybe personal that you might not share outside the community. And there's sort of this trust that, we got your back. Uh, we're there to support you. You're scared about something. So community helps us become more of who we are because you show you show up in our community as you are, not mm-hmm. how you used to be and how people used to see you. So mm-hmm. community is so important, especially if you find the right vibe uh, to one. So I and I have a community manager, Kristen, and we have Aaron, and uh, we have a bunch of people that really love to support people on their journeys. Yeah, well, and, and also as human beings we are, we are, uh, we're people, we want to interact with people. There is that mm-hmm. element, even, yeah. you know, whether you're introvert and extrovert, there is still that human connection, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So- and, and, and we want to be accepted and loved. Like it, it, we, who does, who doesn't want to be accepted? And when you join a group like happiness, you, you're immediately accepted, accepted, meaning like you're accepted as who you are and what you bring to the table, not who I think you should be. Yeah, and there's that that is joy <laughs> to feel like people mm-hmm. actually see you for who you are today. Yes, under like seeing you and understanding you. Oh, I love that. Well, Alice, thank you so much for spending this time with us. If people want to follow you and all the great work you're doing, what is the best way for them to do that? I think the best way, if you are into social media, just look me up because it's all, you don't have to friend me. I'm a public figure on Facebook. So just, just look, I post this kind of stuff almost every day, number one, but our website, of course, and it's your, Y-O-U-R, like your happiness and the letter U.com. And then it tells all about what we do there, including the hooey. And oh, can I answer one more thing? Face, I, I started face yoga. So I have a face club now. And so um, I've learned and I have a club where we exercise our face and I removed at least 10 years from my face just by exercising my face. Okay. Well, for those who are not seeing this because they're listening to on a podcast, I was going to say, I mean, Alice, you look amazing. So face yoga. Face yoga. It's on my website too, but we have a face Oh my gosh. Okay. Everyone's going to have to go check out your face. It's so fun to do face yoga uh, because we make ugly faces to become pretty. (laughs) Thank you so much, Alice. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to She Speaks How She Does It. We hope that this episode inspired you in your own experience and path towards success. Be sure to like and subscribe to follow our series of conversations. We'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. So join the conversation at She Speaks Up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. 
You can also join She Speaks at SheSpeaks.com. Thanks for listening and look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for listening. If you're an influencer or a brand that wants to work with us, please feel free to email us at info at SheSpeaks.com. Until next time.